What's up, gentlemen? This is Rising Phoenix Podcast, the podcast about how to rise up after your divorce. I'm your host, Michael Rhodes. Let's get into it. Okay, joining me today is Annette. Annette, let's just uh, jump right into it. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, thanks for having me on. And for the purpose of our time together, to keep it brief, what you want to probably know about me is that I have been in the wellness industry for easily 20 odd years now. I'm a massage therapist, a yoga teacher. I'm a doula, which means I help women give birth. I work with aromatherapy. In general, I'm a a wild ass meat eater who hugs trees and wants to help people. Uh, In this case, definitely, I'm looking to help you help men sort of settle down, get their shit together and feel like they have their shit together so that they can go back out into the world from a place of strength and clarity. Um, You've been very generous with how you describe your work, which is to say that, you know, um, the journey the generally what would be a surprise journey, like, Hey, by the way, we're getting a divorce, um, is something that there's not a lot of mentorship around how to do that. Well, how to do it graciously or to even find the pockets of gratitude that might exist in what is a shit show essentially for most people. And so that's a, that's a synopsis of what I do and why I'm with you today. Well, th- uh, thank you for joining me. And, and uh, the piece that brought me to you is the yoga piece of this. And um, I know from uh, a lot of sources, including The Body Keeps the Score, which is an excellent book I'd recommend to anybody, uh, that uh, yoga is very beneficial to healing from trauma. So uh, I want to talk about that specifically. What is trauma-informed yoga? So trauma-informed yoga is really the effort to bring the practitioner into the felt sense of the now so that the body can actually feel what it's feeling, understand how to process, understand, which is, um, it's better to use the word comprehend, right? Because understanding is very much logic and logos, which is much more of A follows B plus C equals D, and these things come in a regular pattern. Comprehension is a much more, I'm going to use a big word, um, but menonomic, Hmm. which simply means like when I say to you dog, you might think hot dog, uh, wiener dog, black dog, big dog, little dog, different types of dogs, Um, you know, dog like a guy that chases a lot of women, you know, associative So comprehension is when you're in the body and you comprehend the range of experience that you have versus storytelling from the past or about the future. And when we stay in the physical sensation, we can stay in the now and ultimately start to take that comprehension into an integrated understanding. And that is where we short circuit the likelihood of the brain and the body being hijacked by what we would call an inability to stay in your window of modulation. Hmm. So I can get very complex on this, but 
Okay, so the window of modulation is when your nervous system is in a balanced state that allows you to access what's known as your prefrontal cortex. It's not known as, it is your prefrontal cortex. So your prefrontal cortex is where you have what's known as executive function. This is where you can plan things in a linear time fashion. It's where you do um, decision-based, you make decisions based on real-time information. It's also where you do big concept thinking. It's where you can understand nuance and subtlety while also making specific decisions. This is different than your hindbrain, which is where you're in more of what's known as a sympathetic state where you just need to know, and I, again, I hope you don't mind, I'm very plain spoken. Is this something that I need to fuck, fight, flee from, freeze? Is this somebody that I got to try to figure out how I can get what I need by what's known as fawn? Mm -hmm. So there's a, now in the literature, we're seeing the fourth response. So fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. The fourth fawning is where you're trying to keep somebody happy so they don't whoop your ass, basically. Right. Um, and so fawning is people pleasing to an extreme okay. where you literally are subjugating all your own needs with the hopes that you can control the person in, in your environment that's really tearing shit up. So trauma-informed yoga brings you back into what am I feeling right now and you stay inside that window of modulation where you can decision make, which is known as discernment. Do I do this thing or not? Do I head in that direction or a different direction? Is this a priority I have versus a reflexive, reactive behavior, which is what we would call the hindbrain. Hmm. So um, the switch here between hindbrain survival mechanism, just trying to get, you know, trying to not fall apart yep. and trying to stay in the executive function aspect of your brain is the breath. So I just want to be really clear yoga as a practice can be, and it has a huge range to it. So someone could be doing breath work where their ass is in a chair and they're not moving at all and they're doing breath work and they're being guided. And this is a way to stay present and be able to um, create a pathway, a consistent pathway to decision making versus reflexive behavior. On that same spectrum, we can go all the way out to like a power class where you're moving, sweating, grinding, working really physically hard, and it's still guided by the breath. And as a result, these two spectrums this idea that you can be non-moving, moving the breath, being present in the body as, the, as it is, because breath work brings up a lot all the way over to here where you're like, I think I'm going to die from the amount of physical exertion that I'm, I'm making right now. Right. This means that yoga can meet every body. So all your listeners, I don't care how old, how young, how healthy, how bendy, how not bendy, um, there is a path through the yogic practice for everyone to get more complete, more whole discernment. And then finally, what I would call, um, and these are more yogic or Buddhist terms, skillful means. This is where, um, you know, 
uh, one of the ways I describe it is instead of if your hair's on fire and the only thing you can see is a hammer and you use that to put your hair out of fire, this is not skillful means. This right. is survival behavior. Right. If you're like, my hair's on fire and I need to get to water, this is more skill, <laughs> skillful right. means. Right. So where we can use skillful means and discernment is about that executive function, which is where we have curtailed the likelihood of our own nervous system hijacking our ability to be present and capable of making the best decisions with the best information we have on hand. Gotcha. Okay. So let me, as a, as a simpleton, let me try and translate for myself because uh, this shit is complicated, but I love it. Uh, the, the more complex, the better. Uh, that gives me an opportunity to try and figure out how to explain it in a way that I understand. And I hope that that translates. So um, you're distraught and you're feeling very uh, alone. Uh, you're, you're, you're crying. Yes. You're miserable. Right. So yeah. Um, uh, it, it sounds like uh, there's two parts to this, I guess, at least in my in my head. One of them is to be able to actually feel the feelings in the body, right? And in terms of like, I am miserable. What am I feeling? Is it my headache, headaching? Is it my shoulders are tight and tense? Is it my stomach is in knots? Like, is is that part of it to like slowing down and figuring out what? Okay, I'm miserable. I miss her, but what is my body feeling? Is that part? Is that sort of yes. step one? Absolutely. So step one is what do you feel? I'm going to urge you to think feeling defined to define feeling as even more. So you you're using the word I feel miserable. I miss her. I miss this person that was in my life. So we can um, leave it that nebulous. I feel but I would go and say, like, what does missing feel like in your body? Right. Is that you feel hot in your stomach, you feel cold, you feel, you know, like constriction or you're too blown out. You don't even know where your physical body is. Like what feels tight? What feels loose? What feels numb? Because numbness is a feeling. Yes. And so, and a lot of times, again, I, I, uh, allow me to say I'm a, I have a I have a lot to say, but I feel deeply a state of um, frustration for the masculine, right? Because we have in our culture, we've relegated you to really only sort of a slight variation on one experience, which is anger. Yes. So unless you've gotten some mentorship, most men can either be, I'm not talking about this. I'm angry and I'm not going to do it. Yes. Or all the way to the, that's, this is still the same expression of anger, absolute rupture where you're like, I'm fucking out of here and I'm, I'm never going to see you. I'm never going to see your friends. I'm going to never going to see your family. I make a complete break because I'm so angry that I have no way to deal with any of that anger. Yep. And what, what yoga can do and what a great yoga practice does is lets you, lets you get into that, feel that, dissipate it, mm. and feel what else might be in the mix. Gotcha. So it might be that underneath the anger is grief, which is a different feeling state. Sure. And underneath grief might be frustration, um, might be a sense of lack of worth, 
It might be, um, and you know, I'm just going to say it, uh, a lack of self-validation, an inability to stand up for what you want to say in a way that doesn't make you a dickhead, right? Because right. there's still, just because you have feelings doesn't mean that you can verbal diarrhea all over someone. So again, there's this constant state of yoga gives us a chance to feel it, integrate it, and hopefully learn some skills to also say like, because the more you can illuminate for someone else, what do you actually feel? Because the vast majority of the time, you know, I hear this from my female friends that are in relationships. They want to know what men feel. They want to know. And yet at the same time, because we as a collective have never developed for the masculine good language around feeling state, unfortunately, it's really easy to say this. We told you not to cry. Big oh, boys don't cry. 100%. Right? Big boys don't cry. You better control that anger, Johnny. That's not nice. Yeah. You know, so we, we at the same time don't give you clear paths of language. So you're going to relearn. Or, or learn all over how to say like, my stomach is tight because I didn't hear from you for four hours and I don't know what, what's going on and my mind's telling stories and my body's getting more and more contracted. And then, I'm, and then I have to deal with that feeling of contraction that makes me more tense. Right. And when I finally come to you, I'm ready to fucking blow up. Right. But if, if a man could say that before the actual action takes place, we might be able to diffuse it. Yeah, true. And, and, and a skillful equally, if you're met with an equally caring verbal female, she might say like, man, I didn't know that responding to you in that time frame was this important. I do now. Yeah. Let, me, let me try to get there with you. Yeah, and that's the shit of good relationships, uh, which seem to be few and far between uh, in this uh, current society. But that's another topic for another time. But okay, mm -hmm. so so feeling it um, in, in your body, describing it, allows it to dissipate because what's happening, and again, this is a layman speaking, um, is your uh, hind brain, as you said, was, is firing and it's uh, sending out energy and chemicals and stress hormones and all these things. And and you have to do something with it and something with it, at least part of it is describing it in your body. So you sort of can release it, which sounds kind of woo woo, but like I've done it and I know how it is and I know how it feels. No, this is um, the thing that is beautiful about yoga and breath work. And they are one in the same in so many ways is that even if you don't go into um if you don't go into a yoga class clear with this intent, the amount of movement that will take place, the flexing and the movement of the body will create in and of itself, even without conscious intent, it'll create a heightened state of intelligence and integration and an off gassing of what we would call, and I'm going to use this loosely, an off gassing of negative emotion. In other words, you will process some of that shit just by moving the body. If you go in consciously and you, and this is the difference between yoga and trauma informed yoga in a nutshell, if you go in and you say, you know what, I want to access more acutely, more uh, 
I want to expedite this process. So I'm going to pay attention to what I feel like instead of egoically efforting all just to be a powerhouse through your class. If you slow down just enough and back off thinking that you have to be Bobby big shits all the time and you just access like, how does this feel to me? I'm moving, I'm moving with my breath and I want to know what I feel. And you listen, that's trauma-informed yoga. Hmm. And it starts to heal the trauma. Even if you don't arrive at any actual answers, you don't have to think that anything big is going to happen. What's going to happen is your chemical cascade is going to clear up some shit for you that would that you won't get to if you just kept your ass tacked to your couch or your barca lounger. Yeah, right. And and so the other part of that is you sort of described it just then is it's it's you're getting out of your hind brain, you're getting out of your brain and sort of fight, flight, freeze or fawn. And you're and you're starting to be able to process it in a, as you said, executive type of way. And so you can maybe take a step back and see that this isn't the end of the world. She wasn't perfect. She had a fuck ton of red flags that that become apparent when you're able to sort of get out of that fight or flight, freeze, fawn response, right? Or conversely, you did too, right? Sure. Maybe you, maybe you are actually a hot fucking mess. And so was she, (laughs) right? In in fairness. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a key part of it. And I don't want to interrupt you, but I say this all the time and I, and I I hope guys get the message, but you're, you're 100% responsible for 50% period end of story. That's it. So what I, and I think that's really a beautiful piece of integrity and accountability because it takes two to dance, brother. It has and, to be that way. Right. And we could, I, I'm, I am definitely someone that um, I know some crazy bitches and I'm sorry <laughs> if you married her. Right. <laughs> and I also know some dickheads and sure. I'm sorry if, if my friends marry you. Yep. So it's only fair to say we're all coming to the show with, healing work to do and in the um some of my best mentors in my neurobiology in the trauma informed all of it are like what you want to find in partnership is the right wrong person and what does that mean you end up with somebody that's ready to work it out with you Mm -hmm. they will in fact what makes them the right wrong person is they will elicit some bullshit from you and they will stay with you while you tighten it up and same you for them. Right. So there is no perfect. There's only just willingness and curiosity. And if we can get those two things in somebody that you also also think smells good and looks good enough to (laughs) ask them to take their clothes off once in a while, you're on the right track. Amen. I couldn't have said it any better. Um, so let's let's talk about uh, some of the other benefits of of maybe yoga in general or trauma informed yoga. Um, what what are some of the other things that are beneficial to doing these types of things? So yoga as a whole is going to improve heart rate variability, which is one of the ways that we know baseline health improves. It's going to increase your lung capacity. These are, of course, critical things for, you know, this thing we call living. So like good breath, good physical movement always reduces basically 
poor, poor, the poor indicators. It, so if you have high blood pressure, it helps lower blood pressure. If you have stress and tension that's causing a negative cascade of cortisol, it's going to bring that back into a regulation, right? Cortisol, we know that that's the beginning of the HPA axis. So the hypo, hypothalamus, pituitary, and the adrenal axis. So we have the HPA axis that then starts to change your immune function. So the other thing that um, is harder to quantify, but is very much part of the gift of yoga is being in community. Mm -hmm. So you're in the room with some other people that want to be around people and that want to be a better person and that want to have a resonance with the people around them. This is a pretty strong gift. And, you know, it's for me, um, akin to going to, going to church, going to service, right? So you get into community and there are innumerable benefits of just knowing that you're not alone in the world. Mm -hmm. And in a great yoga class, especially trauma informed, um, there isn't a emphasis on good vibes only because uh, that sort of person wants, I want to drive a nail through that motherfucker's head. I'm like, when is it good vibes only? Like that's so unrealistic. It's just, I mean, I have good days, but I also have bad days. Amen. And, and I'm even somebody, and I would say that I'm somebody that makes an effort to lean toward predisposing myself toward good days. So I try to get great sleep. I try to eat. I make sure to stay hydrated. I move, which is one of the things, you know, so there's all these things that can predispose you to the likelihood of a better day. And yet, you know, you you get a flat tire, you run late, you st- fuck something up, you make a mistake. And so being in a yoga class where the teacher or the tenor of the class is like, we're here to breathe, to be alive, to be together. That's going to be a game changer also. So this is really important and harder to quantify than to be able to point to, you know, I lowered my blood pressure today. You did. Part of what did happen was a non-quantifiable, which is that you came into um, union because really that's what yoga means is to yoke or to create union. And so for, especially for people that are going through what I would say is a um, difficult time in your life, getting into a group, you don't have to offer like, hi, my name is Bob and I'm going through a divorce and like, I'm really sad. You don't have to say that shit. You just have to be on the mat. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I want to go back to, you, you You mentioned a window. It's not window of tolerance. I forget what you called it. Yeah, uh, no, modulation. Window modulation. Modulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of yoga is sort of uh, consistent yoga practice, I'm assuming, and I'll get to, to what that means, but is it sort of widening that window so you can tolerate more shit, for lack of a better description? Absolutely. So the window of tolerance on the bottom end is where we are in what, what we would call depression, hypo. And so you're, you're depressed, you're flat, your emotions, you're like, meh, whatever. Right. And you really mean it. You know, you're like, fuck it. I don't care. Um, and then on the other end is where you're so like squirrel on crack, like just everywhere and can't control it. And you're just like, why I got 7,000 things to do. 
back to that image of, you know, your hair's on fire and all you have is a hammer, that sort of insanity where you can't make a decision because you can't keep your mind still long enough to make a decision. So that's the top end and the bottom end. So hyper and hypo in the middle is where you're uh, experiencing resiliency. You still get a push one way or the other. You might have real physical fatigue and you're just not able to, um, you know, you're not excitable. This is actually a good thing to be in that almost what I would call the brackish space, which is, um, you know, if you need some energy, you can get it. You can pick it up and go out and get do what you got to do. Or if you're like, you know what, it's pretty chill. You're, you're not anxious about being chill. Now, this is a space that we only hope to occupy with greater and greater frequency over time. And that is where your practice comes in. So what I would say is that we start to understand ourselves when you really feel into your body. So for some of your guys, they're going to realize that, you know what, what's really going on? I'm tired. I've been trying, working. I've been grinding. And, and I just want to say, you might have been trying, working, grinding at all the wrong fucking things, yeah. but it doesn't mean that you weren't working, trying and grinding. Right. So you're fatigued. So maybe you get on the mat and you're like, holy shit, man, you know what I am tired. I'm actually tired, but you're in the watt window of modulation to recognize that you're down here in the physical fatigue and the emotional fatigue follows it. And, and as long as you say like, wow, then what do I need to do about that? You may need more sleep. You may need to back off the caffeine and, and, you know, use other ways to find energy. There's lots of conversation here to be had, but in that window of modulation, as you practice, you start to develop greater and greater skills, a bigger tool bag that you can reach into when you can feel hey, I'm fatigued. I'm physically fatigued. I'm starting to be emotionally fatigued. I need to address this before it runs me. And, and that's part of what the feeling on the mat is. That's why you go to a yoga practice. So you can actually feel where am I in my own being? And what now do I want to do about what I find? Because you may say, you know, or, or you may be up here in the high window of, um, you know, you may be like, man, I've been getting great sleep. I've been pooping like a champ. I've been eating like a champ. I, you know, I'm up here. I have a lot to offer somebody. Maybe I should go work for Habitat for Humanity on the weekends to give some of this vitality away and feel like I'm also being of service. And maybe it's time for me to start dating again because I feel full. Right. Yeah. But if you don't, if you don't check in, you don't have a gauge of what do you need to do next. And that level of clarity doesn't come when you're flat affect or squirrel crack. Yeah. You got to get in here to say like, okay, what is actually happening for me? And that is that this is why yoga, I believe trauma informed or just go to a yoga class is going to be the gift because they're in the yoga world, unlike, let's say, cycling or CrossFit. I'm not knocking either of these two things. The unique piece is that yoga says, let's slow down enough to be mindful. Let's attend to our breath. Let's attend to what we feel. And for some guys, 
that sounds really, really, really dangerous because they've never been allowed to do it. And so they might find that they're fucking pissed or that they're grieving or that they, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of things that can happen when you slow down. Yeah, for sure. So I want to talk about, um, so being more mindful of where you're at, that's a benefit in terms of where where you're. So, so in other words, if you feel, if you feel, oh man, my shoulders are really tense and you notice that and you recognize that you can go, oh shit, I'm stressed. And so I should avoid things to add to that stress and, or this is the part that I'm interested in. What do I do to counteract that? So to speak. So I know I'm really stressed. Do I go sign up for a class? Is there some simple, quick exercises to do to help me de-stress? Is it just breath work? Um, and, I'm, and I want to focus on stress specifically because that's a, it's a bitch for everybody. Um, what, mm-hmm. are some, what, you know, what are some things that someone can do when they notice in that moment, like, oh, I, I'm stressed out. What do I do? So I would say definitely, I mean, there's literally, you can, let's say you feel your shoulders, you can just begin to do, you know, move. Anytime that you're thinking, wow, I feel tension, move it. Doesn't matter. You can, you know, jump up and down. It literally just move for a few minutes. And I mean a minute, 30 seconds to a minute and then rest and go again. And if you're like, okay, wow, I really, this is painful. Of course you have a couple options. Sign up for a class, go that day. You don't have to, and again, I just want to emphasize this because I can't emphasize it enough. You don't go to yoga once you're flexible. Don't wait until you're flexible. Don't wait until you're in shape. Don't wait until you got it right. That never happens. Go and just start your practice, whatever it's going to be. You might end up just laying on the mat for your first go round. Have the ball sack to do that. And then... The second thing is, of course, you can also get body work. And I know that both of these things require some money. So you may have to school your resources. You know, you may have to budget and you may have to budget your time. But I would say, and I'm I'm just saying this because I believe this to be true. I live this in my own body. I'm not saying this and not doing it. Sometimes I run out of time and it's eight o'clock at night and there's no yoga class. Go for a 20 minute walk. Watch your breath come into your body as you walk. Watch your breath come out of your body as you walk. Don't put music in. Listen to your own breath. Don't listen to a podcast. Go for a walk and just let yourself breathe and feel the breath. Now, for some people, they're going to be like, this is stupid. It, it feels that way to start. Sure. But it's a type of walking, moving meditation. You don't have to slow down. You don't have to be a monk. Just pay attention to your breath. Literally, my breath is coming in. Look at that. My breath is going out. Here it comes in again. I'm breathing. 10 minutes, 15, 20. It's a game changer. Agreed. I, I try to do it myself. Uh, I've slacked a little bit recently, but uh, I, I try to do something 20 minutes uh, every day. Uh, I want to talk about uh, what a yoga class looks like. Um, what kind of length are we talking? What do we need to take and where? And just for guys, it's like, I don't know. What the, sure. fuck, what the fuck is yoga? What, I don't even know what it is. I don't know what you do. So let's just sort of give the okay. basics. Yeah, great, great question. So most studios, 
and I'm going to say most because there's always somebody that's an outlier, but the vast majority of the studios, and I'm talking like 98%, they will, you'll bring a yoga mat that you can get at Target or Walmart for 10 bucks. Um, you can get, you can spend a shit ton of money on these things if you want to, but you don't have to get yourself a $10 yoga mat. They're usually six feet, six inches in length, 32 inches wide. So it looks like a little rug. You bring that thing with you, or you can usually rent a mat at a yoga studio, usually. But let's say you go to Walmart, you spend your 10, your 15, your 16 bucks, whatever it is, you get yourself a mat. You're going to walk through the doors of a studio. They'll ask you to set up um, probably an account or a profile where you give them your name. Your Usually they want your cell phone number and probably your email address. They'll have you sign what's known as a liability waiver. This one is fun. This is where you basically say, if I die doing yoga, I knew it and I'm fine with it. Right. Um, as of yet, no one in my studio has ever died doing yoga. And I've been in the yoga and fitness industry for 18 years now. So, I mean, it may happen someday, but it hasn't happened yet. Right. So you sign a liability waiver, you take off your shoes and your socks. So most, for some men, that's a, they didn't know, so nobody told them. So you take your shoes and your socks off. You usually go into a room that has pretty much nothing in it. There'll be maybe blocks which are literally, they look like blocks. They're made out of a heavy styrofoam. Bolsters, which look like just cushions. They're just cushions. Sometimes they're straps and they literally are um, a six inch or a four inch strap because some people use them to improve their flexibility. Uh, and that's about it. And then there'll be a yoga teacher. 80% of the time, it'll be a female. About 20% of the time, it'll be a dude. You'll put your yoga mat out, you'll sit on it, and then um, the, the teacher will start class. Most classes are a minimum of 45 minutes. Some of them are as much as 90. The average is 60. So the average class is a 60-minute class. Most teachers, and now I'm going to get super technical just so that I can give you a real piece most teachers will spend the first seven to 10 minutes um, warming you up, so gentle movements. You'll spend the next 35 minutes doing progressively more complex or challenging postures. Postures are the words for, or asana. So asana is an, another word for posture or shape. And then you'll spend the last 15 to seven minutes, depending on, the style of teaching, doing what's known as a cool down. And then you'll spend somewhere between two and five minutes in what's known as Shavasana. And that is where you lay on your back and you literally just lay there and let your body integrate what's just happened. Now, if you're in a heated class, you're going to sweat like a whore in church. Some of you will sweat that way when you're in, in a non-heated class and it's perfectly okay. And then basically the class, they'll usually um, say something like, you know, namaste and they'll bow and there'll be some sort of almost like similar to, but not exactly like a prayer that closes the time that you spent together. And then you walk back out into the lobby. 
you get your shoes, you get your socks, you go home and you wonder what the fuck just happened. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty accurate description. Um, well, I, there, there was a ton of information here and, and uh, anything that involves the brain and, and uh, prefrontal cortex and, and the, the flight freeze and fawn and uh, all those responses. It, to me, it's fascinating shit. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's knowledge that's, uh, it, I think it's necessary um, in general, but I think during these difficult times, if you are going through a divorce, I think it's even uh, more helpful because it provides clarity to why you're behaving the way you're behaving. It's because your brain is doing certain things and mostly it's to protect you. Yeah, so. your neural network is likely in a state of disruption. So decision-making is generally disrupted. Um, a state of equanimity, meaning that you feel balanced, is usually not present. Um, and, it, and or it'll come and go again. You know, like you'll be like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then you're like, fuck me, I don't know whether I'm up or down. Yeah, it's a very and, common thing for sure. Yeah, so you want, and, and I was about to say, you know, this is going to sound very feminine, but it's really human in, 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 which is to say, be gentle with yourself. Like you're going through something that's disruptive. The opportunity, however, is huge because you've been disrupted because you've, you're in a state of like, what I thought I had going on has just died. You can bring to life a new aspect of your being. And I know that sounds sort of namby pamby but the truth is here's your chance right you want to be a different man be a different man learn some skills figure out how to be a better communicator stand with integrity and accountability in what is matters to you no be the partner you want to be and and that's that kind of leads to the last question and you may end up repeating yourself and that's totally fine because good things bear repeating as i say often um what are some uh you know this is the last question i ask everybody uh what what are some words of wisdom you would impart to a man who just started his process he just got served he just got told i'm leaving or you need to move out or whatever uh what are some words of wisdom you would impart to that particular man know that you're not alone Know that you will be all right in time. It does not, in all likelihood, feel remotely good right now. And yet this may be the greatest gift that's come your way. And while that sounds like utter shit, try to stay away from making big sweeping decisions because you're not in a place in your neural network, in your heart to reorganize everything right now. So take it a little bit at a time. Be honest with yourself about how you do feel. Cultivate some new tools. Be kind to yourself when you make the inevitable fuck-ups because they're coming. Um, have the courage to be vulnerable. Mm. And, and while I say that, I don't mean that with your coworkers or your boss. 
have the courage to be vulnerable with your closest friends, your, you know, trusted confidants, start to build an ability to be honest about where you are, what's happening for you, for yourself, and then for others in your life. Um, movement is intelligence. So whenever you feel fucking stupid, go move. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you do. I don't care if it's CrossFit. I don't care if it's swimming. I don't care if it's bow hunting. I don't, I don't, don't, just don't stagnate because you will become stagnant in the heart and that's horrible. So my honest to God prescription is slow down, get better sleep, eat better, take better care of yourself, drink a lot of water, spend time in the company of people that you do care for and that care for you in return. Don't spend stupid amounts of money on something that you think is going to make you feel powerful or confident again. The only thing that's going to do that is your heart. Show up. You can show up looking like a shit show. It's better than not showing up. Yeah. Just yeah. show up. Yeah. And then stay with it and it's going to change. Agreed. Well, uh, Annette, thank you so, so very much for this. This was uh, awesome. And I appreciate your time, your, your wisdom, uh, your insight. Um, uh, how can people find you? What's the best way to get in touch with Annette? Um, Kodawari Studios is where I spend at least half my life. Um, so kodawaristudios.com and that's K-O-D-A-W-A-R-I studios.com. And then I'm on Instagram, Annette K. Scott. And Kodawari Studios is on Instagram, Kodawari Studios. And I'm on Facebook and um, as both, Annette K. Scott and Kodawari Studios. So I'm out there. I'm in the world. You can find me. I'm uh, obnoxiously present. <laughs> well, thank you for that, because uh, that's how I found you. Uh, I found you on Instagram. And, and uh, again, I'm... I'm so appreciative. I think this conversation is so important and, and I hope that it helps. I, I, I think it will, if guys will take some of this, uh, some of this insight and some of this knowledge to heart, uh, I think it absolutely can help them, uh, to get through the shit show that is divorce. Yeah. Last, last thing I would offer also, just because I think it's another tool mm -hmm. is sauna, S A U N A sauna, mm -hmm. um, heat and cold contrast. That's one way to wring your body out and to get really present. We have one at the studio. I think it's an amazing tool. Mm. It's, it's the same, same concept. Increase your window of modulation, be in the body, open up, try new things. Um, you know, you want to get right. This is one of the ways. So body work, yoga, sauna, take care of yourself. And hopefully, you know, if you're in the Tampa Bay area, your people, Come and see us. Right on. Thank you so much, Annette. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, take care. All right. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. Thank you to Nick Coyle and Lifer for allowing me to use their song, Born Again, which you're hearing now and at the intro to the podcast. Thank you to Justin Dullahanty and all of my brothers at The Alpha Code. Please visit the website, risingphoenixpodcast.com, to connect with me and other like-minded men are looking to thrive and grow after their divorce. 
And remember to surround yourself with people who add value to your life, who challenge you to be greater than you were yesterday, who sprinkle magic into your existence like you do to theirs. Life is not meant to be done alone. Find your tribe. Take care.